take your copy of God's Word if you've got it, or I'll even let you use one in front of you if you want to. That's fine too. Just don't tell anybody. And uh, we're going to be looking at some familiar passages today. Uh, I think that it hopefully will be a blessing to you. I got to thinking about what to, to preach on, and I decided to bring a, a short series, just three messages, uh, beginning today, and then we'll do two more uh, on this, called Time to Refocus. Time to Refocus. And when July hit, uh, I had kind of hadn't been using my calendar much. There wasn't a lot of appointments. Things were kind of normal. And I saw when July hit, I'm going to go back and try to start. I've got to figure out a, a rhythm. I know that we're not out of all this. And I just kind of got to get even more focused in. And so I got to thinking about I'm going to bring a series, uh, just three messages to help us to get refocused. And I hope it will be a blessing to you. hope it will be a help. John Boykin once said, Time is life. Time is life. Nothing more. Nothing less. And think about it. Time is life. Nothing more. Nothing less. The way you spend your hours and your days is the way that you spend your life. And you know what? He's right. So I want to ask you this morning, dear friend, how are you spending your life? Or I could say it this way. How are you spending your time? Because the way you spend your time is the way that you spend your life. I understand that someone once asked the great preacher, um, George Whitfield. He was back a long time ago. Uh, preaching, and uh, he was one of the great evangelists and, and was used to bring many people to Christ. And someone asked him uh, what he would do if he knew that Christ would return in three days. If you knew Christ was going to return in three days, what would you do? And his answer was quite telling. He said, and I quote, I would do just what I've scheduled to do, end quote. And I thought, wow. I mean, think about that. Somebody said, three days, Jesus is coming back. What are you going to do in the next three days? I'm going to do just what I had scheduled. Well, that would be a man that has his priorities right, his schedule right, his time right, and his focus right. So what about you? If you knew the Lord Jesus was going to return in three days, you knew in three days the rapture is going to happen. By the way, nothing else has to happen for the rapture to happen. All the signs you read about in Scripture are all about the second coming of Christ. The very next thing we're looking for is to be called up to be with the Lord, and nothing else has to happen if in the next three days, let's say on Wednesday, you knew that Jesus Christ was coming back what would you do between now and Wednesday? Well, the truth of the matter, friend, is Jesus Christ could come back on Wednesday, but He also come back in the next three minutes. He could come back before we ever leave this service. I mean, think about that. We often forget that, but He can come back at any moment. And so what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your life? And by the way, are you ready if Jesus does come back? Because he's only coming back in the rapture for those who know him. He says the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then those of us who are alive shall be called to be with the Lord. And everybody else is going to be left behind. It's going to be a horrible time. And so if you're not ready, I want to challenge you. Turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ today. Know for certain that Christ is your Savior and heaven is your home. Now, how about it today? How are you spending your time? What are you doing with your life? Are you wasting it? Paul Meyer said that most time is wasted not in hours, but in minutes. He said a bucket with a small hole in the bottom gets just as empty as one that's deliberately kicked over. I mean, it's just a matter of time. You've got a hole in a bucket, it's going to leak, leak, leak one drop at a time, and it's going to be gone. And so a lot of our life, we waste the minutes. So what does this day look like for you? How are you going to spend the day? Can I just tell you, you've started out pretty good. And I don't know what happened before you got here. I'm not going to ask you about that. I know with children and everything else, a lot can go on. And a lot of repenting goes on on the way to, uh, when you get to church. And that's all right. That's all right. 
But you start your day out good. You've come to the house of the Lord, but then you have the rest of the day. What does your day look like? How are you going to spend your time? One day your life's going to be over. You know, one of the good things, I think, from the pandemic, and there are good things that come out of it. Uh, a couple good things, I think, off, off the top of the bat is this. I, I hope that the pandemic has made a lot of people think about their mortality. Think about how fragile life is. Think about the fact that we're not promised tomorrow and we could get sick and we could die. And I hope a lot of people have considered the fact that they're not going to live here forever in this present state, that death is certain. And I'm praying that many who consider that would consider the claims of Christ on their life. But also, I think it's helped us, even those of us who know Christ, hopefully it's helped us to think about our priorities. Because a lot of what we have known, a lot of what we've experienced, you know, all of a sudden we were going along, just clipping along one day, and then all of a sudden our life changed. You know, 2020 has been quite a doozy. We started out as a new decade, 2020. Exciting possibilities, much fanfare, 2020. Little did we know when we started 2020 that 2020 was going to be something like we've never experienced before. One of the hardest, most challenging years for some of us. And to be honest, it's been a little hard to focus at times because we even get mixed messages. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Social distance, don't worry. What? And back and forth we go. It's hard to focus. And then we still don't know what's going to happen. I saw a lot of memes and a lot of things about what July is going to bring. And people were afraid. You know, June was rough and May was rough and April was rough and, and begin middle of March and everything kind of started for us. And, and then everybody's like, what's going to happen in July? And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what the next month looks like and the month after that. But we need to take time to refocus. I like that word, refocus. I looked it up and on vocabulary.com it gave these definitions. Put again in focus or focus more sharply. To focus once again. To focus anew. I love that. That's my goal in this three messages. To put again in focus or focus more sharply. To focus once again or to focus anew on three key areas of our life. Three key areas of our life. To look and see if we're doing what God wants us to do with our life. Um, I'll just be honest with you, today's going to be a very basic message. You're going to hear it and you're going to think, really? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Because we're trying to refocus. We're trying to bring it in more sharply and focus once again and focus anew. And the three areas we're going to talk about in these three weeks is we're going to refocus on our faith, our family, and our fitness. The first two, we kind of like. The third one, that's one I have a lot of work to do. But these are three key areas that are going to impact much of your life. Your faith, your family, and your fitness. That is your health, your overall health. And the truth of the matter is, perhaps you've already given up on 2020. You kind of said, you know what, I'm done. We'll wait till 2021. But, beloved, we're only halfway through. And there's still time for this to be maybe the greatest year of your life in regards to your faith and your family and your overall health. And we're going to talk about that. Today we're talking about our faith. We've been talking about time and about our life moment by moment. Today matters. Can I just remind you that today matters? Life is precious. Someone's described it this way. If you know the value of one year, ask the student who failed the final exam. To know the value of one month, ask the mother of a premature baby. 
To know the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly news magazine. To know the value of one day, ask the wage earner who has six children. (laughs) To know the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet. To know the value of one minute, just one minute, ask the person who missed the plane. To know the value of one second, just one second, ask the person who survived the accident. And to know the value of one millisecond, I mean, one millisecond. Ask the Olympic silver medalist. Time is precious. Time is valuable. And time is your life. You are spending your life right now. I'm spending my life right now. So let's refocus on our faith today. You know, Christianity is not a religion. I hope you know that. Some designated that way. uh, But the truth of the matter is Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I hope that you know in your personal relationships that relationships take time, they take effort, they take energy. And the same is true in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to be as practical as I can in this series. I want to be as practical as I can in this particular message. And I want to give you just three things today to do every day uh, that will help you to refocus on your faith, grow in your faith, mature in your faith, and your relationship with Jesus Christ. And by the way, I know that when I said that, some said, oh man, I already got enough to do. You want to add three more things to my to-do list? Listen, if you're not doing these three things, delete something else off the list. These are three key things you need to have. And the truth of the matter is a lot of you may already be doing it. But we're doing what? We're refocusing. And so maybe you're already doing some of these things. We're going to sharpen it up. We're going to focus on it anew. And three things that we want to do. I'm going to give them to you, all three. So if you're taking notes, you can write them down. If you want to take a nap after that, you at least have the notes. If you'll stay awake with me, I'll walk you through one by one, and we'll talk about them, and I'll give you the Scripture that goes with them. But here are the three things. Every day, listen to God, talk to God, and live for God. Now, that's my message today. Every day, listen to God, talk to God, and live for God. You said, is that it? That's it. Well, let's talk about it for a moment. Listen to God, talk to God, live for God. First of all, listen to God. Listen to God. Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, by the way, has the designation of being the longest chapter in the Bible, the longest psalm in the Bible. But one of the familiar verses is Psalm 105. You may already know it. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, your word is a lamp to my feet where I am right now and a light to my path where I'm going. And if we're going to grow in our faith, if we're going to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to become more like Christ, we have to take time to listen to God. So the question is, how does this happen? How do we listen to God? Well, God speaks primarily through His Word. Through His Word. Now, God can speak to you through other people. He can speak through you through a Sunday school lesson. He can speak uh, to you through music, through a song. I personally believe that God can speak to your heart um, and, and impress upon your heart truth and things He wants you to do. But God speaks primarily through His Word. And so, i got to ask you, do you ever, do you ever open your Bible and listen to God outside of these walls? I had to clarify that. Everybody's like, yep, I'm good. Outside these walls. Now, right now, you're listening. By the way, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. 
Never forget that. This is the Word of God. The inerring, inspired, authoritative, infallible, perfect Word of God. So, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. And so you come, and right now, I know we can't do Sunday school. We're not doing, you know, we're on summer break for Wednesday night, Bible study and so forth. So you're getting it right now. But what about outside of these walls? Do you ever take time to read your Bible? God speaks through His Word. The Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. The Holy Spirit takes the Word. He teaches us and guides us. Um, We need to listen to God every day. Let me pick on the men for a moment. Listen, fella, how would things go at your house if you never listened to your wife? Now, I'm speaking hypothetically. I hope nobody's going to be able to say from experience. But you never listen to your wife. She calls you from the other room. You don't answer. She leaves you notes. You don't read them. She sends you a text. You delete it. She sends you an email. You ignore it. Send it to spam. Uh, she tries to talk with you in the evening. You're too busy. You don't listen. You never, ever listen to your wife, no matter what she's trying to tell you. Maybe she's trying to tell you something going on in her life or she wants to share something. But you never take time to listen Never, never, never. But then, the weird thing is, you never listen to her at home, but all the time you're gone, you're always telling everybody how wonderful your wife is. She's beautiful, she's lovely, she's a great cook, she's a good housekeeper, she does all kinds of wonderful things, she works with a job, she does everything she does, she's beautiful, I love my wife so much, but you never take time to listen to her at home. What would you think about a fellow like that? you think, that man's a little bit off. Right? I mean, honestly. He's out bragging on his wife, Yet he never listens to her. And yet I'm afraid so many Christians, they'll come into a church service and they'll sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and they never take any time to listen to Jesus or listen to God. Now listen, I'm not here to give you a guilt trip because a lot of times you hear this, oh, listen, we can get forgiveness, confession, get it right. I'm encouraging you today to listen to God every day of your life. Listen to God. Now listen, you may already be doing that. You may have used, maybe you used to do it. Maybe you've gotten out of the habit. You say, well, what do I do, preacher? I want to listen to God. Well, there's lots of different things you can do. Let me encourage you, if you're not in your Bible, to start small. Start small. Sometimes we get very eager and we say, oh, that's right, amen. I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day in the Bible. And the first day you might. And even the second day you might. The third day you get up late and you forget. And the fourth day... You know, didn't get it in the fifth I'm giving up. You can start with just a verse. we got devotionals back there uh, in a basket. You can take an Our Daily Bread. Every day it has a verse. It has a scripture passage. You want to read it. It has a devotional. Uh, there's a one called Open Windows. You could take that. It has a verse. It has a scripture passage. You want to read more. But can I just encourage you, even if it's just a verse or a passage. You could take a chapter a day. You could take part of a chapter. You could take a psalm a day. You can read through the book of Proverbs one a day for the month. There's all kinds of ways. But every day, you need to take time in some way, shape, or form to make sure that you are listening to God. Because listen, the world is screaming at you all kinds of things. And it's a battle as a Christian to keep your focus right, your life right, to think right, to live right, because they're telling us everything that's, a lot of it's wrong. So I need to hear from God. And so let me encourage you, if you're not right now listening to God, to do whatever it is it takes on my phone. I do a lot of this on my phone. You can get the Bible app. There are plans on there. You can do devotions on there. There's a verse of the day. On social media, I'm, I'm weird. I follow all kinds of Scripture things. 
I just read, I just love to read the verses. They're just verses. But it's the Word of God. And it's speaking into your life over and over and over again. And you're scrolling, even when you're scrolling through on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is you're scrolling through, try to find the Word of God and put it on there so God is constantly speaking His Word into your life. And the Holy Spirit can use that. If you can memorize Scripture, you can, you can do that. Memorize Scripture. We'll talk about that maybe in a moment. But the truth of the matter is you need to hear from God every day of your life. Even if it's just a verse. So if you can't do anything else, take a devotional as you leave today. Take an Our Daily Bread. Take an Open Windows. One of those. And just say, you know what? I'm going to get in this thing. I'm going to read that verse in the morning. I'll read the devotional thought they wrote about it. And I'm going to think about that verse. I'm going to focus on that verse. I'm going to listen to God. You must listen to God. You must be in the Word of God if you're going to grow the way that God wants you to grow. It's just one of the basics of the Christian life. But remember I said it's a relationship. So we need to kind of balance things out. So not only every day should I listen to God, every day I should talk to God. I should talk to God. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. It simply says this, Pray without ceasing. Maybe you thought, I can't memorize a verse. Let me just encourage you. Can you remember pray without ceasing? Now, I know that's three words. If you need two words, the shortest verse in the Bible is John eleven thirty five. 35. It says, Jesus wept. Now, you thought you couldn't memorize Scripture. You've got two down now. Jesus wept and pray without ceasing. By the way, that's a precious verse. Jesus wept. That's a different message for a different day. But pray without ceasing. Now, we understand the first part. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. That's what prayer is, talking to God. But what does it mean to pray without ceasing? Does that mean that God wants me to quit my job, to give up working, sleeping, bathing, eating, everything else, and just go and maybe crawl in a hole somewhere or a cave somewhere and just, just pray until I die? I mean, because I don't have time to eat, I don't have time to do anything else. I don't have time to bathe. Nobody's going to come around me anymore. It's just going to be me and God in that cave. Of course not. They tell me that the Greek writers, that part says without ceasing, the adverb in the Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament, it is to describe a hacking cough. You ever been around somebody with a hacking cough? You ever had a hacking cough? Now, right now we're at a point, maybe you've had this experience, where we do everything we can not to cough. Have you been in a store and you had to cough? And you're like... And you got to cough, but you know if they cough, the people are going to like run from you or cry out, I'm clean, I'm clean. And so you do everything you can not to cough. But usually when I bring up about the hacking cough, usually in a church service, somebody has a little bit of a cough. <coughs> By the way, that is, I'm, I'm imitating, this is not an actual cough, I don't have running out. Or a hacking cough it could be a softer cough or a really bad cough. But you've had a cough, you just can't get rid of it. That's the idea. It just, just keeps coming and keeps coming. I told you, I think it was last week, we talked a little bit about prayer last week, about the fact it's kind of like an, a text message that you just leave open and you keep coming back to. Or as we used to leave the phone off the hook. In other words, you're talking to God throughout the day. You're talking to God about whatever's on your heart. I was reading last night, if you ever get the... Um, Look at Billy Graham's magazine uh, decision on the back of every edition. They always have something from Billy Graham's wife. And what, what she wrote on this July, August, I said, this is what I need to share tomorrow. So pardon me, I just took a picture of it. Here's what she said. Men of God whose prayers are recorded for us in the Bible. So think about the men of God who prayed in the Bible. Never read a book on prayer. 
Never went to a seminar on prayer and never heard a sermon on prayer. They just prayed. I thought, I hadn't thought about that. Because often I read, oh, I need to pray. I need to read a book on prayer. I need to go to a seminar. I need training in prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I do all that too. But prayer is just talking to God. She said, Satan fears prayer because God hears prayer. Satan will stop at nothing to distract a person from praying or to get him to postpone praying or failing to do that to discourage him in his praying. This article is simply to encourage you to start. Listen to what she says. Start praying where you are, as you are, about whatever concerns you, about whatever is lying most heavily on your heart, about whatever is irritating or frustrating you at the present. Be pointed, be persistent, be patient, but pray. And I thought, Miss Graham, you're right. If you don't know how to pray, just talk to God about whatever's on your heart. Whatever's irritating you, whatever's frustrating you, whatever you're frightened of, whatever you're dealing with. Don't you love to hear children pray? Because they don't come at it with all the these and thousands. What a lovely day it is, old Heavenly Father. They don't do that. They just say, dear God, and they just, they just unburden their heart. And we like to clutter up things and, you know, get all worried about how we're going to phrase things. But he is our heavenly father. If my children came and talked to me the way that some of us talk to God, I'd say, what's wrong with you? Right? Oh, gracious father. Like, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. And I am gracious if you all want to call me that. But anyway, uh, well, you see where I'm getting with this. They talk to me in a natural language, right? Hey, dad, this, that and the other. Oh, gracious Father, how wonderful you are. Like, what do you want? You know, anyway. Uh, so we need, we need to quit trying to... We, we can't impress God. God knows us. God loves us. Yes, we come respectfully. Yes, we come reverently. He is gracious. We can praise Him for that. What I'm saying, though, is when we come to pray, it's not so much about the words as it is our hearts as we're crying out to God. Pray without ceasing. And every day you need to talk to God. And again, I'll encourage you, if, if, you, if you're not doing this, start out just, just in the morning. Just talk to God right away. Just talk to God right away. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But you can keep your prayers short. Remember when uh, Peter was walking on the water? Remember he stepped out of the boat? Remember the story says the waves were still going. The storm was still raging. And he began to sink and he prayed what? Lord, save me. If he prayed like most of us, he would have drowned. Dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> we thank you for this day. Thank you for this boat. Thank you for this sea. And I'm not diminishing, I'm not discouraging anybody from praying long prayers. You ought to. And you will as you grow in your relationship. What I'm saying is, my main focus today is just to say, pray every day. Talk to God every day. Whatever's in your heart. Whatever's weighing on you. And there's more to prayer than just that, but that's a good starting point. Unload your burdens. He says, and we shared this in the earlier service, one of the songs that we sang called uh, God Will Take Care of You. First Peter 5, 7 says, uh, Give all your cares and worries to God, for He cares for you. And He does. Now, these two things that I'm talking about, listening to God and talking to God, some people call this devotions. Some people call it um, quiet time. Some people call it God and I time. Uh, some people, they call it all different names. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's a matter that you do it. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But every day, you need to listen to God and you need to talk to God. And then third, you need to live for God. You need to live for God. 
First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. You've heard me share that verse many times. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Live for God. Now, this may not be one you want to put on your to-do list. Anybody here, you're, you're a checker-offer? In other words, you have to write a list and you get such satisfaction you're on your to-do list by just putting a check mark or you put a line through it. In fact, some of us are so weird, we'll write down things we've already done so we can check them off and put a line through it. just makes you feel good. Now, this may be one you might want to put on the list or might not. So maybe you put on there, read my Bible, pray. But you say, what about live for God? Well, you can put it on there, but you have to wait till the end of the day to check it off or put a line through it. This is talking about living a God-centered life. And a great way to do this is to give your day to God. Now, the question is, what does it mean when it says whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God? Because you realize, I hope, that God is all glorious. God is perfect. We cannot add to God's glory. We cannot take away from God's glory. We can't add to anything to God, remove anything from God. So how is it that we glorify God? I was reading this past week, and one um, author said it this way, to glorify God means to shine the spotlight on God. That's a good way of thinking about it. So in other words, every day and everything you're doing, we're to shine the spotlight on God. We're to glorify God. We're to exalt God. Everything we do, whether we're eating or drinking, we do all for the glory of God. And so one of the ways we can do that is to begin our day with God. Maybe you heard of the Christian who prayed the following prayer. It's a good prayer. Listen to what they prayed. Dear Lord, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from, and from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. I understand that. I can't even pray that prayer some mornings because I'm already grumpy. Uh, because, you know, the alarm goes off or whatever. But what if every day you decided before you rolled out of bed, before you put your feet on the floor, you committed that day to God? I mean, right there, you could, before you got out of bed, you could grab your little devotional and you could open it up and read that day's selection or read your chapter or read your psalm or whatever and have a few minutes with God and just really lay out your day before Him. And say, God, well, here's what's on my schedule today. I've got to go to school. I've got to go to work. I've got to mow the lawn. I've got to go see a friend or whatever. You go through your to-do list, your plans, all that, and you commit all of it to His care. You ask Him to bless it. You ask Him to help you. And imagine the stress that will roll away from your life if you do that in the morning when those interruptions come. Because they're going to come. Very few days, if you're like me and like most people, I think very few days go exactly as you had planned. You have a mindset of what you're going to do, and there are a lot of interruptions. Can I just remind you, beloved, that some of those things you think are interruptions are appointments. They're divine appointments. You thought that God was sending you to get the car worked on or to go to the dentist or the doctor just to get a checkup or whatever, but it may be that God had somebody waiting in that waiting room. There was a divine appointment that God put you at that place with that person because God wanted you to minister to that person. I was thinking about this. I hope you'll indulge me for a moment just to share experience we had recently with a lady. Danielle and I were eating at Red Bull and Monroe in the mall. If you've been out to eat lately, you know how weird it is. You know, everything, you wear a mask in, you order your food with a mask, they're wearing a mask. They bring your food. They've got plastic plates and plastic and everything's plastic and everything's throwaway. 
Well, of course, we removed our masks, we're eating our meal, and we're sitting there, and this older lady, I imagine she was in her 80s, I think she said, she comes wheeling by with her walker. And I just glanced over and noticed she was not wearing a mask, which first of all, I thought, well, that's interesting, she's not wearing a mask. But she wheels up and stops at our table. We begin to talk with her. And... Um, I can't remember the whole conversation, but somehow it was very easy. We started talking about lots of things, and somehow we got around to end-of-life issues. I don't remember how we even got there. And we felt led, and I, I kind of just said to her, are you ready? Found out the dear lady was a Catholic lady, and she said, I hope so. And we shared with her that you can know so. The main thing is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, or whatever. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. She says, oh, I, I, I should have known that, or I, I know that. We talked for a little bit longer, and she was going to go get, I think, um, egg rolls and then leave. I saw her later in the mall, kind of waved at her again. I was prayer walking the other day. By the way, that's what I normally do if you send me out walking. Don't run over me. I'm praying for you, maybe. <laughs> I'm praying you won't run over me. <laughs> but I was praying and I had a thought. I said, I said to the Lord, I said, God, I'd love to see that lady in heaven. I'd love to step in glory. And have her walk up and say, you remember me? Remember, she didn't have a mask on. I said, yeah, I remember you. I met you at Red Bull in Monroe. And we talked. I said, God, I... Save that lady. I'll never see her again probably on this earth. But I want to see her in heaven. It's a divine appointment. I joked with you about walking, but I do that. You'd be amazed how many divine appointments I've had just walking on the road praying. People pull up, people I don't even know. I guess they know who I am because we're a small town. They'll pull up and share burdens or needs or they want to talk or they want to share something. And those are divine appointments. And I can look at that. And sometimes I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I pray. Sometimes I keep my head down. I just want to keep walking and going. Sometimes I'm praying to the Lord. But somebody will pull up and they'll stop. And it's a divine appointment. And can I just remind you that God has divine appointments for you. I was visiting one of our church members in the waiting in the emergency room in Waitsboro. This is before the pandemic. It's been a little while ago. And they, the people came in to do something. So I stepped out. And I didn't realize they had a little waiting area there. And I stepped out and... I sat down, there was a lady there. And so she began to ask me, everything all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm visiting somebody at the church and you're doing all right. She began to tell me what's going on in her family. And I just, I felt led to pray for the lady. I said, can I pray for you? Sure. And then we talked, she said, you don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> I knew the lady, didn't know I knew her. And I, I, I ministered to her. And I, I, after I was done, my, my own pride, you know, what if I hadn't have spoken to that lady? What if I hadn't have prayed for her? She knew who I was. She's ministered to people in our church family. I've known her for a long time. I just didn't recognize her. I hadn't seen her in a long time. But I ministered to her, and I was so grateful that I did. It was a divine appointment. And I want to remind you, I want you to live for God. I want to live for God and realize that as living for God, that whatever we do, always shine the light on God. That's what glorifies. Put the spotlight on Him. And have a holy boldness about you, a Holy Spirit boldness, that when God puts you in a situation and it's an opportunity for you to speak for God, to speak for Christ, do it. You say, what if they don't like what they left? Well, that's up to them. But there are divine appointments that God brings in our life. And by the way, you are not here today by accident. 
Some of you, this is the divine appointment that God has sent you here because He wants to speak to your heart and He wants to save you or He wants to deliver you or He wants to minister to you in some way. And so we have to be intentional to follow God in our lives, to live for God every day because as you spend your time, you're spending your life. I guarantee you this. I know that we're halfway through. I know it's been a rough year. But if you every day will do these three things, you'll listen to God, talk to God, and live for God, you can look back on 2020 and say it's a great year. Now, it may not have been great in regards to everything that we've done with pandemic and virus and everything else, but it can be great in the sense that you grew more in your relationship with Jesus Christ than you ever have before because every day from July 12th to the end of the year, you took time every day to listen to God, to talk to God, and to live for God. I came across a prayer, and I'll give you this in closing. It sums up everything I want to say and everything that I've said. Here's a prayer. This is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. But what I do today is important because I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something that I have traded for it. I want it to be a gain and not a loss, good and not evil, success and not failure, in order that I shall not regret the price that I have paid for it. Amen. Because the price that we're paying for this day is our very life. Because how you spend your time is how you spend your life. Spend it well. Every day, listen to God. Every day, talk to God. Every day, live for God. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank You today for Your blessings. Forgive us for the way that we clutter up things and complicate things. Forgive us for trying to put on airs as we come to You, trying to impress You. May we open our Bibles and read the Word and hear You speak to us. May we open our mouths and speak to You. And may every day that we live be God-centered. Not focused upon us, not focused upon our needs, but focused upon Your glory. Because You've told us that if we'll put You and Your kingdom first, You'll supply all the other things. Help us not to grow frustrated when interruptions come, but to stop and say, wait a minute, this might be a divine appointment. Father, I pray right now, if anybody's listening to my voice, and they don't know that Christ is their Savior, right where they are, Lord, that could change as they place their faith in Christ. And since you're listening to me, friend, if that's you, Right where you're seated, you can pray a prayer like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. The best way I know how, I turn from my sin and I put my trust completely and totally in the one who died for me, Jesus Christ, and arose for me and lives forever. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a child of God. Thank you for saving me and loving me. Help me to live my life for you and tell others about you. And friend, if you'll do that, 
The Bible says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to share that with somebody right after the service. And then for my Christian friends, as we're in the midst of this prayer, what is God saying to you? How are you spending your time? How are you spending your life? Maybe some changes need to be made. Maybe you need to grab a devotional way out and say, you know what, I'm going to get into this every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read a Bible verse. I'm going to let God speak to me. And every day I'm going to live for God. As He helps me, I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to, I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to wait for those appointments. And I'm going to tell people about Jesus. And I want to encourage you, friend, to do that. And I'll pray for you to do that. And you pray for me to do that. So, Father, help us to do that. Help us. Help us to focus on you. Help us to love you. Help us to live for you. And help us to magnify you. We give you glory. We give you praise. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a newer song in closing. It's been around for a while. You may have heard it on the radio. may have been in church service and heard it. We've not sung it here that I'm aware of. But the song says, Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. And I know we're not doing traditional altar calls, but if for some reason you want to step out today and pray on your own, then nobody's going to stop you. You're welcome to come. But I want you to listen to the words and sing them with us as we learn this one. It talks about being weary. It talks about needs in our life. But come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. So let's stand together and sing this song and learn it together. Thank mm-hmm. you.